John Dawson of Patio Daddio Barbecue in Boise, Idaho, and I've got it locked on the 50,000 gigawatt blowtorch of the internet that is Barbecue Central. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me! Fine, how's it going? <laughs> You have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what? What? What seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? We ate fifty before we nursed. Oh, listen, Laverne, it's shit face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. And just like that, we are into the second hour. It's the Barbecue Central Show, where we talk about all things that are important to the world of barbecue and grilling. Doing it here from Palm City, USA, Cleveland. If you're missing the first hour, oh, it was a good one. You almost show. Uh, you almost heard an interview with Joey Machado from Texas Original Barbecue Company. Instead, it was me talking about the new Memphis barbecue contest and festival. If you're like, why the hell won't you just name it already? Relax, because at some time in January, they are going to announce the name of this competition or festival event. They are promising... From what the PR Newswire article is, the largest payout in pork competition history. Here comes the money. Here comes the money. money, money $250,000 overall prize. $50,000 going to the winner. So if you missed anything in the first hour, uh, Wes Wright was after the Memphis segment catch-up. As that continues to generate new news week in and week out. That's why you're hearing it on the show. It's just new news. I can't get away from it. I want to get away from it. But when you generate new news, I'm good. I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to do a whole segment on it for crying out loud because I, I can do that. Pulled sound, pulled theme music. From now on, whenever we talk about money. Here comes the money. Here comes the money. money, money, money you know that's dropping. When people say it's not about the money, here comes the money. It's about the money. Here comes the money. Money, 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 money. Still to come. I'm sorry. What I meant to say was, if you missed the first hour, it's recording, so you can get the podcast tomorrow early morning. If you love to watch it, you can. Watch it immediately after the show ends once again because it auto-archives. I have nothing to do with that, but I can control the release of the podcast feed. That's why you get hour number one tomorrow, hour number two on Thursdays. And we'll talk about Friday here in just a second. Still to come on this show this evening, Joe Martinez of Smoking Joe's Pit Barbecue joins us for the last time for his 2023 fourth installment of the Podumentary closing the show Daniel Vaughn from Texas Monthly, his last quarterly appearance here in 2023 as well. We say good evening to those of you watching tonight through one of the video streaming platforms. You can go to facebook.com slash BBQ Central Show. You can go to X, which is twitter.com slash BBQ Central Show. You can also take in the show via YouTube, which is youtube.com slash at BBQ Central Show. We also have a new YouTube poll question of the week. And I'm asking everybody, do you eat vegetables, yes or no? 87% of you are saying yes. 13% of you are saying, eh, eh. I am a vegetable eater, if you miss it in the first hour. Lover of most vegetables. Definitely a hater of onions. Don't want any of that. But outside of onions, and if I can steer away from the garlic because it collects with me, and I did see somebody say take a shower. I mean, come on. I'm almost two shower a day, guys, sometimes three. So I'm definitely showered, manicured, smelling well. Come on. I can't help it. 
that I'm custom made. I can't help it that I look good, smell good, can't dance all night long. I can't help it. So I'm showering very well. Believe me. But I will try to avoid garlic if at all possible because it does hang out. But there's nothing I can do about it. I try. I don't know what else to do. Rub pennies underneath my armpits. Does that work? Some kind of weird thing like that? I don't know. That's Joe. Maybe he knows how to keep garlic from hanging out all over me for days on end. But 87% are saying that you do eat vegetables, and I'm right along with you. Coming up on the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less this coming Friday, episode 313, taking you back to December 20th, 2011. If you can believe it, folks, it's that time of year, gang. We are now less than one week away from the Christmas holiday, so this coming Friday, John Solberg brings to you the yearly renewal of the most popular barbecue and grilling Christmas song ever to be performed on the face of the earth. And it was done live, no less, in the original Barbecue Central Show studios in Euclid, Ohio. I bring to you the 12 days of barbecue Christmas. Just a bit of history here. Old friends of the show, Logan Hendrickson, and the Pizziola, the Pizziolas, Matt Frampton, were on a barbecue competition team together named what? Hot Grill on Grill Action. One of the best competition team, uh, team names ever. An all-timer. They were on a competition team together. Also, uh, I believe uh, Ryan Amos was on there. There was another guy. I apologize, other guy, but I can only remember three evidently, but there was at least four guys on that team. Logan and Matt, being the ever-crafty lyricists, got together and said, Hey, if we write a Christmas song for you, will you sing it on the show live? And I said, yes, because that's what we do. We do it live. We'll do it live. So I will do it. Not only that, on that fateful Tuesday night, December 20th, 2011, I was also backed up by a then 10-year-old Bobby Rempe, an 8-year-old Maddie Rempe, and a 6-year-old Marley Rempe. Maybe I should say co-singers on that one. So if you're new to the show, if you've never heard 12 Days of Barbecue Christmas, you are in for a treat. If you have been with the show for a while, this is one that I'm sure you look forward to each and every holiday season, so I hope you enjoy it. Every year we toy with the potential of doing a new or updated version, but sometimes you just have to understand when you are in the presence of perfection and you just need to leave well enough alone, and I think that's where we're at at this point. Don't forget, you can subscribe to The Best Moments Of by visiting thebbqcentralshow.com slash subscribe and get all the ways to do it there. And if you would like to hear a past guest or segment again that's been lost in the archives, email John and let me know what you would like to hear. J-O-N at thebbqcentralshow.com. And he'll do his best to meet your expectations. Now, here's the answer. Why such a lame poll question of the week? Do you eat vegetables? Well, I'm glad you asked because through a sharing from... Oh, is it Blinky's Offset Barbecue Pit? I apologize if it's not. I think it is. No, I think it's Fred in Chicago. One of those guys. I think it's Fred, now that I think about it. Sent me this beauty. That is, if you can see it, famed broadcast sports announcer Al Michaels. And he says this. Is it true? that you have never knowingly eaten a vegetable in your life. That is true. That is true. I was born when my parents were 18, and my mother hadn't even read Dr. Spock at that point. So she just let me have the, the, the run of the, uh, of the course. And uh, I always push the vegetables away. To this day, no. And I guess what I've proven, Chris, is that man does not need vegetables to survive. But is it is it just possible 
that you would like, I'm thinking of one of the more non-objectionable vegetables, a carrot. Oh, please. Please. A carrot? No, a carrot. No, that's an objectionable vegetable. I mean, I was, really? What? I mean, how would you know? You've never tasted it. I look at it. I just don't even like the look of it. <laughs> and I surmise what it might taste like in terms of the texture of it. I think a lot of it probably has to do with, it just doesn't look like something that would go down well. Look, Chris Wallace is a renowned interviewer. Terrible question, Chris. Why would you ask Al Michaels, who obviously is getting along just fine in his years of not eating vegetables, one of the more non-objectionable ones, carrot. I think one of the most objectionable vegetables is a carrot. It's long. It's orange. If you eat too many of them, it will literally turn your skin orange. There has to be 20, 30 better non-offensive vegetable options than carrot. Jason King has it right. Al Michaels, the originator of the carnivore diet, saying no. I hate it when I do that. Saying no to vegetables. Only beef, only meat, only carnivore. Wonder if he would eat like a pork ragu. Does he eat spaghetti? There's vegetables in spaghetti sauce, but is it because it's not a full tactile textural vegetable you can get away with that? I gotta get Al Michaels on this show. I think Amazon kicked him out of doing play-by-play because he seemed disinterested in doing his job, if I read that article correctly. If not, my apologies. Smoking Joe's Pit Barbecue is ready to go. Before we get to him, we're talking about Franklin's Barbecue Pits, and we're talking about how I can save you $400 now and up until the end of the year on a new Franklin Barbecue Pit. How? You go to a authorized, certified dealer of Franklin Barbecue Pits and say, I would like to buy that pit at retail minus the Barbecue Central Show discount of $400. Or, number two, you go to the website, franklinbbqpits.com, and you can just buy it right there. They'll ship it right to your driveway. They will subtract $400 off. I don't know if these pits will ever go on promotion again. For as great as Aaron Franklin is, not somebody that you associate with brand-wise as giving a discount. So take advantage of it while you can. Primarily made of quarter-inch American-made steel. The thickness guarantees that heat retention is of top priority and availability, which is key to great-tasting barbecue. But don't wait any longer. Christmas is coming. Save 400 bucks. Say, hey, honey, I bought this cooker and I saved 400 bucks. Christmas present to us both. FranklinBBQPits.com to find the dealer near you, or you can buy right on the website, FranklinBBQPits.com. You save 400 bucks either way by doing it right now, and it runs through the end of the year. And who knows if you ever see it again. This is some gimmick. Do me a favor. Wait. Don't save money. And then see if this even comes back in 2024. And when it doesn't, quit crying in your soup. We'll be back with Smoking Joe's Pit Barbecue right after this. Stick around. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Renfe. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. And we welcome you back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Pit Barrel Cooker, the most unbelievable outdoor cooking device on the planet, currently available in three sizes. Doesn't matter if you're a beginner or a professional, it's a cooker you want to add to the arsenal. But wait! There's more right now. There's a promotion that's going on the PBX. That's the big one. So if you use the code PBX, all one word, PBX, 
PBX at checkout. It reduces the price of the cooker to $299.99 and free shipping. We love free. Once again, you want the PBX cooker and you're looking for a screaming deal. This is where it's at. Xmas PBX, all one word, Xmas PBX at checkout will reduce the price to $299 and they ship it to your door for free. Any questions, go to pitbarrelcooker.com. Let them know what you would like to uh, ask. They will answer, and then away you go. Tell them that I sent you, won't you? Kicking off the second hour tonight, the owner-operator of Smoking Joe's Pit Barbecue Food Trailer in El Paso, Texas. He has been the focus of the 2023 Podumentary Series and, of course, sharing all of his visits through 2023 and they are the good, the bad, and the ugly of operating a barbecue food trailer outside of the business. He continues to be a prolific YouTube content creator, where as of 1216, he had 257,000 subscribers. The content, really great as well. We welcome back our pal Joe Martinez. Joe, we have a YouTube poll question of the week that we're asking everybody. I just let the cat out of the bag with why I asked such a dopey question or what appeared to be a dopey question right off the bat. But I'll ask you because you're a guest. Do you eat vegetables? Yes or no? Yes, I do. Yes. Uh, Under protest or gladly? Gladly. I mean, I had a BLT for dinner that had lettuce and tomato in it. Those are vegetables, right? And bacon. That's almost a vegetable. (laughs) Pretty much. Let's do this visit in a couple different ways. So as I had mentioned in the open of the show, we were following quarter one, quarter two, but you are not also in operating chronological order as to how the show was running here through the year. So you were months in advance of when we actually started this in January. So if you can recall back what quarter four of the business looked like, I know Last time we talked about it, there were some things that you were uh, working through and experiencing both in a good and a bad way. So how did quarter four end up for Smoking Joe's Pit Barbecue Trailer? Uh, quarter four was really good. Um, you know, I finally, you know, there's there's different levels of, of being an owner. And, you know, I'm not, I can't step away from my business yet, but things are going really good. Um, I hired uh, a chef. I don't know if I mentioned that or not yeah, yet, did. but I hired a chef. And, um, you know, she's, she's been doing really good for us and figuring out ways to be more profitable and not have so much loss, et cetera. Um, so I'm fully staffed. Um, in fact, you know, I've gotten to the point where I really don't have to show up to work anymore. I, I, I don't have to be there. Uh, the reason I do go is, you know, to make sure things are operating smooth. I don't want to get away a hundred percent, but, um, and to cover lunches, you know, so my chef can go to lunch and my brother, which is a pit master can go to lunch as well. That's pretty much the only reason I show up. Uh, sales are good. Uh, we have uh, in the fourth quarter we started picking up more catering gigs. Um, now that we had you know more staff, um, you know we were able to take on more more catering, more parties, you know company parties, etc. And that in itself um, has been a blessing um, because I got to tell you, running a food truck is one thing, and it's you know it's a decent revenue, but once you start catering you know that really opens the door to to you know making more money and it's been really good for us i do hear that quite a bit from either people that are in a a brick and mortar restaurant or they're running some type of a food truck or food trailer they can't wait until they get into the catering side of things because people are their customers are either coming into the food truck or the restaurant and just picking it up and leaving so there isn't a whole bunch of other nonsense that are going. Uh, the profitability is going way up. So they really start to see the revenue numbers start to turn or spool up quite a bit. When you are doing that, though, what kind of an additional time commitment is it for you to make sure that you're not only cooking for whatever the day's lunch slash dinner service is going to be, but on top of whatever the catering is going to be? Yeah. So, you know, it, it does take a lot of planning. You know, um, when I get a catering order or request, a catering request from a customer, you know, we, we iron out the pricing and what they're looking for, et cetera. Once everything's done, I don't even mention it to, to my chef and, and my brother, which is a pit master until it's a hundred percent set in stone. Um, because they've, they've got a lot of 
you know, running a barbecue business, a lot of work, a lot of long hours. And, and if I start to tell them, hey, I have a potential catering, well, they're going to have that on the back of their mind. And I don't want their minds preoccupied with something that's not concrete, you know. Mm-hmm. So once it's sold, I, I come up with a game plan. I say, OK, what day are we doing this catering? Um, then I mention it to my brother and and my chef. And I tell them, hey, this is what we got. This is what I need. You know, I ordered four extra briskets for this day. Um, you know, Jen, which is my chef. I need an extra 20 pounds of potato salad this day. So when we're prepping, she's prepping for our food truck service, but then she's also prepping for that catering gig as well. As you mentioned earlier, um, you know, moving into a brick and mortar would be the best thing catering because we are limited on space. I don't have a restaurant where I have three or four food warmers. I've got one food warmer mm-hmm. in my food truck and one, you know, decent sized fridge. So we have to be careful that, you know, we don't overextend ourselves and, and fall short of either servicing our customers at the food truck or falling on our faces with the catering gig. You know, we got to make sure that, and, and if I can't do it, if I tell the, if, if, if I feel that we can't do it because it's, it's too large of a catering, for example, um, I just say, Hey, I'm sorry. I'm booked for that, for that day. I just can't, you know, I'm committed to some other deals. How do you, what's your limit? Well, we're about to test it. Uh, we're about to test it. I got a bunch of, um, I got a bunch of uh, pre-orders for briskets for Christmas. Um, so we've got uh, 17, 18 briskets um, that we have to cook um, along with our with our food truck service uh, briskets. So we're cooking a total of what's it going to be? Twenty seven briskets, um, and but. This this deal with the with the uh, Christmas briskets, it's a little unique in what we're doing with that. You know, we are cooking them, then we're going to let them cool down, and then we're going to vacuum seal them. Huh? So the customers will be picking them up uh, Christmas Eve. They will be vacuum sealed, and they give them instructions on how to reheat and slice their briskets. So it's not like I'm having to turn in hot briskets to the customer. Um, if I did have to turn in hot briskets, I would need another food warmer, which right now I don't have another food warmer. Is uh, oh, I just had a great question to follow up with when we were talking about your Christmas mm-hmm. briskets. There, um, I'm not going to remember it. That's right. Uh, we'll move on. You mentioned your brother is the pit master. You mentioned mm-hmm. Jen, the chef that you've hired here. What happens if one of those two quit? Then I have to step in. Um, you know, and, and fill their, their, their shoes. And I did that. <laughs> it's crazy that you say that, Greg. It's like you know what happened at the food truck. So <laughs> uh, my brother, <laughs> I'll tell you this quick story. So my brother uh, uh, caught COVID from one of our customers. It's crazy. Um, long story short, he was out. And uh, so I had to step in. And my brother obviously is a pit master. So he's cooking all the meats and cutting every single meat that leaves that food truck. Mm. Um, but he can't be around us, obviously being positive. So I, I stepped in for a few days. Well, on the second day that I stepped in the food truck, again, we're only open Friday and Saturday, so it's not terrible. But uh, three days in the food truck, which is Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, my chef uh, also gets COVID. And I'm like, uh-oh, now I'm in trouble. <laughs> so... <laughs> I am a big believer in cross training, and that's that's probably my corporate, my past corporate uh, life and job. Um, so my cashier stepped in and did my chef's job, and I called in my daughter to come work as a cashier. Mm. So we were able to, and you know what? It, it was it was so. I mean, I, I don't want anybody to to get sick, but. It was so neat because my cashier actually told me, you know, I, I kind of like doing this better than cashiering. And I was like, great. You know, that means that there's a future for her in the kitchen once I open mm. up, you know, God willing, a brick and mortar. Uh, you know, there's a future for her. There's, we got a spot for her in the kitchen. You reminded me of the question I wanted to ask you before when you're talking about pushing the limits of the catering and stuff. 
I, I'm not saying this in a dick way, uh, but you say you're open, you know, the three days, uh, Friday or was it Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Friday, Saturday, Friday, Saturday. Can't you use all the other days to do a boatload of catering and then just focus on the truck Saturday and Sunday or Friday and Saturday? Yeah, we can, but you know what, Greg, it's, it's crazy that the, the majority of our catering gigs are on Friday and Saturday. Um, you know, parties or, uh, company meetings, et cetera, you know, they're on those days. Now, do we get catering gigs on our off days? Absolutely. Um, we had one recently where we had a large bank, um, ask us if we could, you know, take our food truck and serve their team. So this was the very first time we've actually moved our food truck. I mean, that food truck, it stays at this food truck park and we never move it. I moved it one time hmm. when I had to go get it reinspected. Um, but we don't move that food truck at all. And we moved it for this catering gig. And this was on a Tuesday on a day that it's, we normally have it as an off day. Um, but you know, we fired up the food truck and, and went and served some food to a pretty large bank here in town. Through the end of that first year, what are we looking like in expenses? What are we looking like in revenues? And do we make money at the end of year one for Smoking Joe's Pit Barbecue? So did we make money? Yes, we made money. Um, you know, we were able to pay everybody's salary and there's, you know, there's uh, money that's left in the bank at the end of the day. Uh, we were able to generate like $350,000 that first year in business. And I, and I don't mind sharing my numbers and I'm not sharing my numbers to brag. I'm just sharing my numbers so that everybody knows what you're going to face in the food truck business. Um, and you would think, okay, well, $340,000, that's, that's a pretty penny. That's over a quarter of a million dollars. Well, it's not, it's not, there's not a whole lot left over. Um, you know, there's food cost and, and, you know, I've got salaries to pay, et cetera, and, and just cost of, of running the business. Um, you know, I like to reinvest my money into the business, whether it be buying equipment, um, you know, if my chef needs a new scale, if she needs a new immersion blender, whatever the case may be, I reinvest the money into the business. Um, but yes, thankfully, we did make money. You know, the first year, you hear of a lot of businesses that struggle um, and if they say that if you make it the first year, then you're, you're in good shape. And, you know, again, we, we made money, um, but we're not getting rich yet. Um, I'm not at that point yet, but hopefully soon in the very near future, that'll happen for us. Can you, can you make more money if you were open Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and Saturday, or is it just not that easy? Because I'm looking at. I remember having somebody <laughs> send me an email after last visit and you had mentioned you had hired the chef. They were like, holy shit, this guy is generating enough revenue off of two days to hire a chef to take over all these responsibilities. Like, this is insane. So to me, I'm like, well, he's doing really good on two days. Why not double down? And now we're sniffing towards... 700, 750 grand. So this 350 was a total revenue number or was that what you made uh, out of expense? That total revenue. Okay. Yeah. So uh, is more days, more money or not necessarily? Yes and no. So yes, it would be more money, but again, I would have to hire and it's not, it's not a bad thing, but the, you know, as you mentioned in the introdu introduction that I do operate a YouTube channel as well. So I'm, you know, I'm still making uh, quite a bit of money uh, through YouTube. So I take those days, you know, and I'll take this past weekend, for example, you know, I was curing some bacon for a YouTube video. Um, I finished that video today. Um, I'm, I'm aging this brisket that's right here behind me. So I'm, I'm watching that like a baby. I released a video where I, you know, uh, this morning that I had to edit last night. So there's a lot of work that goes into running uh, a YouTube channel as well. Yep. But I'm willing to put YouTube aside and not spend as much time doing that um, to be able to open up, you know, an additional two days. Now, one thing to remember in a barbecue business, just because it's been uh, Thursday doesn't mean that there's no work. Thursday is our prep day. So we are prepping mm -hmm. like crazy uh, all day. 
now would it be nice to be open that day absolutely but there's several factors that that you know are keeping me from opening up on a thursday or wednesday and the biggest thing is that el paso texas even though we are in texas people think okay barbecue is texas right el paso is not a big barbecue destination Mm. um i'm i'm trying to change that along with you know a few others in town i'm not alone doing this but we're not at the point of you know some of the barbecue joints in in austin texas for example that are busy seven days a week now going forward you know if and when we do open up a business that's going to change you know we will be open more days for sure what do food costs look like going into the new year Food costs, believe it or not, has gotten pretty bad. Um, and I say bad, you know, I, I had my food costs down in the 35 range, 35% range. And, you know, bar- being barbecue, barbecue is really expensive. Meat's expensive. Um, but, you know, prices have gone up, um, mm-hmm. you know, on turkey, briskets. You know, if a brisket goes up 50 cents a pound and, you know, do the math. There's yeah. there's an extra seven hundred dollars that I'm paying for those briskets, for example. But I'm not. I can't be changing my menu prices every time the the meat prices go up. You know that that's probably one of the hardest things. Is you know, can I have a moving target, a moving menu? I can't. You know, so so oftentimes I'm I'm left to absorb that that increase myself. Now, if it gets to the point where I'm not making money, then you know, I will have to, you know, be forced to increase my prices. Goals for 2024, at least for quarter number one, as I had mentioned, we're going to run you out next year too. And in hopes that you do secure this brick and mortar location so we can follow you through that fun journey. I can only imagine how much more fun that'll be than starting the quest that you did uh, over a year ago. But what, what are those first quarter goals for 2024? Well, the, the, the biggest goal that we have is to, you know, find a brick and mortar. Um, we had a place and, you know, I'll throw some numbers out there cause you know, I'm all about numbers too. Um, I've already made up my mind that I will not be in a shopping center or shopping plaza. Okay. So I was, I found a place really close to my house. Um, thought it was going to be it, you know, it was going to cost me close to $7,500 a month, just the lease. And they wanted a seven year contract. So if you do the math on that, you know, you're close to a million dollars after the seven years, but you have nothing to show for it. It's yeah. not yours, you know, great location, but you know, that's money. It's like renting a house. You're, you're not going anywhere with that. So I made up my mind that I'm going to find, I'm either going to buy a building, an existing building and convert it into a, a restaurant, or I'm going to buy a piece of land and I'm going to build my, my restaurant. Wow. Um, so that is, that is my goal. That is the number one goal. Uh, for me in 2024, and it's going to happen in the first quarter. I'm really hard on myself, um, and and achieving my goals. And I will, Greg, mark my word, I will be in a brick and mortar the first quarter of 2024. All right, you said it here first. And you only have, luckily you have three months to do that before quarter number two starts. How uh, how's things between you and the wife? Things are good. Um, you know, my wife knows I'm, I work hard and uh, long hours. But as I mentioned earlier, now that I'm fully staffed, you know, and I got a sh- I got, I've got a chef, I don't really have to be at my food truck, but I, I want to be there. You know, I, I've, I've gone to a lot of barbecue joints in Texas, uh, Franklin, Evie Mays, Valentina's, and guess who was there? Mm-hmm. The owner was there, the pit master. And you know, the re- the reason why they're so successful is because, you know, of what they do and how they run their business. And, and I'm not going to be that owner that that walks away from, from their business and lets the team just handle it because, you know, I've got expectations as well. So, you know, I will continue to be in my food truck. But this, you know, having a full staff does allow me to to uh, branch off a little bit and, and go find a place. Joe Martinez is the owner-operator over at Smokin' Joe's Pit Barbecue in El Paso, Texas. Still no website, huh, Joe? I do have a website, Greg. Oh, you do? Look at you. I do. All right. What is it? Smokin' Joe's Pit Barbecue.com? Smokin' Joe's Pit Barbecue EP, like El Paso? Yeah. 
Com. All right. So good news. I was going to say that should be also in Q1 goals, but we knocked that one down already. So good for you. Right, so now it's just on the brick and mortar. So when you are on in Q1 of 2024, that'll be the first thing that we talk about amongst some other stuff. Joe, appreciate all the insight and pulling the curtain back, uh, maybe to a, a gruesome level. But again, these are done for folks that think they want to do this. And then you got to hit them with the stark truth. And it makes their decisions all of a sudden a lot easier to make, whether like, yeah, that's the life I want to lead. We're going to do it. Or, oh, my God, I just shit my pants and there's no way in hell I'm going to do that without an information that you're given. We can't do it. So appreciate it. Have a great Christmas. And we'll talk to you again in 2024. Thank you, Greg. You as well, buddy. You got it. Joe Martinez. Smoking Joe's Pit. BBQEP.com is the website. So. Check them out. We got that new website. He didn't have that last quarter. How about that? Daniel Vaughn's ready to go. Listen up, gang. Our friends at Big Papa Smokers have something special for you, listeners of the show. Whether you're a seasoned pitmaster like Joe or a grilling newbie like me, Big Papa Smokers is your one-stop shop for all things barbecue from their championship rubs, mouth-watering sauces, essential accessories. They've got what you need to take your food to the next level, whether you're on the competition circuit or in the backyard. Here's the cherry on top. Big Papa Smokers offering the listeners of the Barbecue Central Show an exclusive deal using promo code REMPE at checkout. That's R-E-M-P-E. Get $10 off your next $50 purchase of rubs, sauces, or accessories. Imagine the possibilities. Evaluate your ribs with Big Papa's Sweet Money or add Big Papa's Desert Gold to your chicken. Or better yet, pick up Big Papa's Double Secret and put it on your steak. Head on over to BigPapaSmokers.com and start shopping today and start saving today with promo code REMPE at checkout. Claim $10 off your next order of $50 or more. Don't forget to check out Big Papa's full line of recipes over at cookingwithbigpapa.com. That's cookingwithbigpapa.com. And, of course, follow them on social media. We're back with Daniel Vaughn right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpy. And we welcome you back. Of course, the show being brought to you by Aladino Cigars, Jerry Tobacco. Sent out a lot of Corojo Reserva Figurados last week, so hopefully you have those and you're going to be trying them over this week or the next few weeks, maybe to ring in the new year. Find a dealer near you, JREtobacco.com. And if you are fully aware or you would like a sample, email me. Send you out some. I got some Robustos and some Toros. Few figurados, but I want to save a couple for me too. So, uh, good folks over at JRE Tobacco. And helping me close the show tonight is the barbecue editor for Texas Monthly Magazine. You also see him on the show for quarterly visits through the year as we talk about things going in and out of Texas that are barbecue, sometimes not barbecue related. It's our pal Daniel Vaughn. Daniel, <laughs> how are you? <laughs> I am good. How are you? And you are like, what? Trying to think off the top of my head what what I would have done to this picture to make you so so in it. But let me me go down to my... I don't know. on my screen, it's uh, it's it's looking pretty normal, but I see that you really just wanted to zoom in closely. To I was my barbecue. I, Christmas yes, tree. I was really hoping that we could finally get a look at that uh, Christmas tree of yours. And uh, <laughs> wow, I mean that's that's not even. Let's let's try this. How about this? We go here, and then I'll stay up here in the right hand corner, and everybody feels a little bit better about themselves. That's so odd. I got to figure out what the hell I did yeah. there. But uh, you were peeping in on Smoking Joe's uh, end of segment there, and he said some pretty fascinating uh, yeah, things. Was I heard there a guarantee. That, yeah, we heard a guarantee that he was going to be brick and mortar. You heard him say that he wasn't going to do any type of 
strip mall and that at a million bucks he would rather build new including land and build up or that he would rather buy something existing sounds like a gut job and then build out from there the way he wants pie in the sky or pretty doable i mean i think it's not pie in the sky at all um but i mean it these are things that really take a, a lot of planning and a lot of saving um you know, I, I think there are certainly different models of, of how to finance a barbecue joint. And and certainly um, uh, the, the ownership aspect is important to a lot of people for, for some obvious reasons. Um, you know, I, I wish him the best of luck. But, uh, yeah, it certainly takes some some good planning, some good saving. And, and it sounds like from him, uh, if he's not able to open more than a few days a week right now, uh, you know, I, I hope the business is there for him when he does open up that brick and mortar. He did say that while El Paso is technically in Texas, he's not calling it a barbecue destination across the state as you would find in some of the other cities. Is that something that you think is going to change or does location prohibit that from really happening? Um, I, I don't think it prohibits it, but um, I mean, as far as a barbecue destination, you know, that's, that's for other people to decide outside of El Paso. If El Paso itself wants to have a really strong barbecue culture, that's for the people who live in El Paso to decide, right? And, you know, they've got to support their locals. They've got to support the, uh, the barbecue joints that they've got now, and they've got to support them to a point where there can be some expansion and some other spots coming into the game. So, um, you know, it's tough because in El Paso – the, the barbecue has just in the past has not been seen as something that is uh, incredibly popular or worth having like a big following. Um, certainly they don't have the, the patience to be standing in any lines in El Paso for barbecue. There's just, you know, Mexican food there is just that much more popular. Hmm. Uh, that's what people, that's what people argue about there. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's just really hasn't been the barbecue in the past, but you know, I think, uh, you know, I think if, if people like Smoke and Joe are able to hang around and, and, and Desert Oak and, uh, you know, there's been uh, Skinny's Barbecue is there as well. You know, if these places can hang around, Hallelujah Barbecue, um, you know, I, th I think the expectations for what uh, the barbecue customer in El Paso can, can raise and they can understand that, like, they have uh, – you know, they really have a gift at this point, and as long as they support it, they can continue to enjoy it. We, we kind of touched on it the last time you were on. If there, You mentioned four barbecue restaurants in El Paso. I didn't mean to turn this into an El Paso segment here, but let's run it down the rabbit hole. If there were 12 or 16 of these types, same quality of the four that you mentioned originally, outside of can El Paso support all 16 but let's say they could if there was that many does sheer volume of greatness then change where people would be willing to travel for or is it almost too big of a mountain when it comes to the mexican food competition uh well i mean you start talking about 12 or 16 i mean there is a finite uh, population there in el paso yep. um and so yeah being able to support that many would would certainly be tough uh and you know i think one of the benefits that a city like austin or houston dallas san antonio one of the big benefits they have is that uh, even if you are a big supporter of the barbecue, you know, if you're a Dallasite like I am and you love the barbecue here in Dallas, but maybe you're looking to, to venture off and, and have some fun, you, you could easily get to Houston, easily get to Austin, a uh, little longer to San Antonio. El Paso is a haul. I mean, you're not you're not hopping on the car and like, hey, you know, it's Friday. You know what? Tomorrow, why don't we just drive to El Paso to go get some barbecue? Like, that's just not going to happen. Yeah, that is a plane. You know, that's a flight away. Um, and so, El Paso itself isn't able to really benefit from a lot of that commingling that the uh, you know around the Texas Triangle uh, yeah. of of San Antonio, Dallas, Fort Worth, and Houston enjoys. So uh, I think that's really one of the tough things that they've got is they depend so much on just the people of El Paso uh, being able to support them, and, and it doesn't really go much beyond that. All right, so I appreciate you running down the rabbit hole there. Hopefully 
Joe listens to this in replay and takes some of those nuggets of wisdom and uses them to his advantage. I forgot to ask you, we have a YouTube poll question of the week that I know you're dying to answer. We're asking everybody this. It was a loaded question. It'll still seem kind of uh, chintzy at this point. Do you eat vegetables, yes or no? Absolutely, I eat vegetables. Uh, You would be perhaps shocked to know that Hall of Fame sports announcer Al Michaels has never eaten a vegetable in his life. And he's like 70-something years old now. I saw that interview and it is hard for me to believe, but when he was pressed and talked about, you know, what about a carrot and the disgust in his face, just considering (laughs) ingesting a carrot. uh, Yeah. I mean, he, he certainly, I don't know if he's just uh, trying to pull one over on all of us uh, with his sincerity there, but um, yeah, it was a, damn good acting job if that's the case but he certainly seemed believable to me i think this just speaks to my uh awesomeness as an interviewer i think if i'm put in that situation and you know i'm not saying i'm better than chris wallace but i am if i'm across the table from al michaels and my follow-up question isn't going to be well what about one of the more less objectionable vegetables like a carrot i mean it looks weird. It's orange. You think in your head immediately there's going to be some kind of a texture shenanigan going on. It can literally turn you orange if you eat too many of them. It happened to my nephew as a ute. So that's like the least most popular uh, or that's not that is offensive uh, potentially. So I would have started off way, way less to at least give him some uh, pause for thought. But I mean, carrot. I mean, I would have said, fuck no. Give me a break. Carrot. Well, I don't know. I th- I'm thinking football, chicken wings, proximity to carrots. It's pretty high right there. I mean, uh, we're a carrot only family when it comes to ordering wings, by the way. None of that's celery. I don't need yeah, any of that. But we're just talking about uh, vegetables in general. Like he went to a carrot. We're not talking about pairing them up as the side dish, the hot wings. We're okay, talking about so like going into the here. pantry and getting a so potato, least, of course. Least objectionable. kidding (laughs) well i would be curious does he consider that a vegetable right or does he consider that a starch like has he never had french fries with his with his cheeseburger i it it was a little mind-boggling so i i trotted out the poll question i got hammered for it in the beginning like oh we're taking the week off on the poll question but at the top of the second hour i played just a portion of that interview where al michaels was saying he's never never had a vegetable in his life and you know all of a sudden i won the people's fame and adulation forever as always as we close out 2023 you have a list which i love lists of course which is correct me if i'm wrong best barbecue outside of texas the best barbecue that i've eaten this year outside Outside of of texas Texas. how do you so this is obviously just going solely off your travels outside of the lone star state did you know right at the beginning of the year this is something you wanted to do, or did you visit enough barbecue places through your travels outside of Texas where you thought you could generate a list? Um, it, I don't think I went into the year thinking this was going to happen. I went into the year focused pretty much on our best new barbecue joint list uh, that we released at Texas Monthly um, earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so that took me through mid year, really all the research for that list. And that's really what I was focused on. There were a few, um, few visits here and there to some other places. Uh, you know, I got up to Minnesota, um, you know, for other purposes other than barbecue, but of course, ate barbecue while I was there that took me through Kansas city and a few other spots. Well, by the time I turned in the article for the best new barbecue joint list, I I don't know. I wanted to get back out on the road. I wanted to go see something new and different. And so um, I just started traveling around to some places that, you know, I, I know that they had reached out to me, um, hoping that I could come try their barbecue and some places that I'd been keeping an eye on over Instagram that I, I really wanted to try, like um, City Limits Q over in South Carolina, uh, being one of those that I, I really wanted to get over there to try. So, um, you know, and after I went out to try a few of them, uh, I just wanted to go more, do more. You know, I've, I've, I've been doing this job for 10 years and I've been eating a ton of barbecue in Texas mm-hmm. and I am still doing that Texas exploration as well. Uh, 
but you know the 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 universe of Texas barbecue has really just expanded and I'm there to cover it all, right? I guess you could call me a bit of a sheriff. If you're going to call yourself Texas Barbecue, I'm going to be out there making sure that you should be calling yourself Texas Barbecue. Who's winning the best list of barbecue that you ate outside of the state, then? Yeah, well, so what I'm going to give you tonight is a bit of a preview. I've uh, I've turned oh, in this story wow. uh, to my editor and, has, and hasn't published yet, um, but you know I've got I've got a few spots that uh, that I can share share with you that are going to be on the list. That, right. uh, some that are, that were a big surprise: Fat Tabs in Idabel, Oklahoma. Um, maybe the closest one to Texas on that list, right? Mm. It's probably a good 15 minutes across the Red River there in, in Oklahoma. It's in southeast Oklahoma, so just across the Red River from northeast Texas. Uh, fat tabs, that's with a pH. Uh. It is plenty hot and tasty, yes. as they call it. Uh, that, that's the tagline <laughs> for uh, Tab Singleton as the pitmaster like there. It. And you know, I wanted to get his his history in barbecue, and he had a a competition team where Fat Tabs, uh, you know, you might have guessed that Fat Tabs was the competition barbecue name, but then he left for like a dozen years and went to New Orleans and worked for Chef Emeril Lagasse, huh. uh, and became an executive chef there at one of Emeril's restaurants, and uh, you know, COVID shut it down, and he came back to Idabel, Oklahoma, his hometown. And opened up a barbecue spot. He had asked me to come. He's been asking me to come for a few years now, and I, I just never had. Uh, frankly, I and I told him this. I was like, "Is your Instagram photos are trash? Like, you got to get a better <laughs> camera. You got to find a be- some better lighting because I've eaten your food now, and the photos that you post of it do not do it justice. The food is fantastic. The smoked brisket, like just perfect texture, great bark. Uh, the ribs, they've it's got big spare ribs, nice and tender with a." Uh, a bit of a sweet glaze on there mm. adds a little bit of honey into it and um and making his own sausage as well great sausage and the, the day i went he had um well he had his white trash potato salad so it's this loaded potato salad right he he, he cooks bacon up to put into the potato salad but like dresses it garnishes it green onions shredded cheddar and bacos like actual <laughs> bacos from the jar and he's like, that's how, you know, that's how it's white trash potato salad uh, because of the bacos. Yeah. I'm just like, that's just such a funny, like tongue in cheek poke at his upbringing in Idabel, <laughs> Oklahoma. Um, but then, you know, I've got, then he's doing this Nashville hot turkey. Uh, he's doing smoked turkey, breaded, deep fried mm-hmm. on a sandwich. And the Nashville hot sauce has like it has some Korean chili flakes in it and it's got fish sauce in it. And I was like, yeah, just, just like you grew up with an Ida Bell. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's just this funny dichotomy going on in the menu and uh, it was fantastic. <laughs> so yeah, fat tabs was one of them uh, in Oklahoma and we can just keep going around the country if you want. Yeah, please. Okay. All right. So then up in the Northeast, I, I went to Maryland. I went, uh, flew into DC and went to a few places in Maryland and I've written about them on the site. Uh, but one I wanted to bring to your specific attention is 250 Texas barbecue. The fact that Texas barbecue is in the name is always helpful, right? Yeah. Um, but the backstory is an interesting one. It's a couple from El Salvador. Um, uh, and you know, the, the husband was, in Austin, Texas, and basically was there on business, but was delayed for a couple of days. Didn't know anything about barbecue. Went to Franklin Barbecue. Um, stood in line. Asked the people in front of him, like, what do I order? Like, he didn't really <laughs> understand what bris- brisket was. And he loved it so much. Bought the book. Got it signed by Aaron Franklin in the pit room. Like, smuggles a brisket back with him. Brings a cryovac Franklin brisket back home. Wow. Uh, he me- meets his wife at the door of their apartment, and he's just like, "This is Texas barbecue. We're going to do this for the rest of our life." <laughs> like and, it's inspiration you know, personified. Meal, wow! From a meal at Franklin Barbecue, it's like we are going to do this, and yeah. they moved to DC. They opened up a barbecue joint, two hundred and fifty Texas barbecue. You can now get 
smoked brisket. You can get smoked wagyu brisket, prime beef. He's making sausage, ribs, chicken, all of it. Uh, And then they do some Salvadoran touches as well. So you can get some fried plantains. Uh, They do red beans specifically from El Salvador. So it's it's also a fun mix there, but just just flat out great barbecue. Wow. Uh, On a road trip over the summer, um, I was with my son, picked him up from camp in Minnesota and we, uh, we dropped the, uh, dropped my wife and daughter off at the airport in Minnesota. And it was our job to, to get the car back, to get the vehicle back home to Texas. And I gave him the option of, of a, a straight shot, or we could veer off the pathways and get over to Chicago, uh, head down through Memphis and, and come back through Arkansas. And in doing so, we stopped at green street smoke meets in Chicago. Very good. Now I've been to, I've been to green street before. Um, it was, it was fine, right? It was okay. And, uh, <laughs> which, which no restaurant owner it, wants to hear, by the way, it was fine. Right. Yeah, exactly. It was fine. Uh, but Dave Bonner took over and he's, he's running the pits these days. I was able to do a cooking competition with him, um, in the middle of nowhere, South Dakota with the fine folks from certified Angus beef. Uh-huh. Um, and so, uh, we got to hang out some in South Dakota over the summer and went to green street, met up with him and he, he fed us well and fed us their smoked cheeseburger, which, oh man, it's the same restaurant group as Al Cheval and they're famous oh, for their yeah. burger. Oh yeah. We did a taste off. We had an Al Cheval burger right there with a smoked cheeseburger from Green Street Smoke Meats, and there were three of us at the table. We all agreed Green Street was the winner. Wow! That uh, that that smokiness in the burger was so good, but the the smoked chicken, um, the brisket there is great. So yeah, uh, Green Street was just a great great stop, even if my uh, my windshield had gotten smacked and cracked. Uh, while I was parked uh, a few blocks away. So oh, got to drive home with that cracked windshield from Chicago. That was nice. Nice. When is the uh-huh. full article getting revealed? So that article will either be out at the end of this week, mm-hmm. um, depending on my editor's workload and willingness to to really do, so, do, a, do a lot of heavy lifting here right before Christmas or just after Christmas. It'll be out before the new year. Let's right. put it that way. It's, uh, do you have it's, any? It's definitely going to be out before the new year. You have any twenty twenty four first quarter predictions? Any things we're going to see or that you think are going to happen that were that are not on our radar? Uh, well, you, uh, we're going to see me going outside of Texas once again for yet another barbecue road trip. But I'm not going to say where because right. then everybody will be looking for me, and yeah. I got to sneak in. I got to do the sneak attack. Um, yeah, I, I did that here this last week over uh, uh, down at um, down in the Marfa area in the Big Bend area of Texas, and <laughs> it was just it's it's great to walk into a restaurant that's like you know just like 12 hours from my house and they're like daniel what are you doing here you didn't i didn't expect you i was like exactly yes exactly right (laughs) Uh uh-huh yes that's the way it's supposed to be yeah um but yeah i don't know predictions for the new year it's uh i don't know i'm just I'm, i'm so focused on planning the trips that i've got uh planning the trips in texas and outside of texas i i don't have i don't know what are your predictions? What do you think is going to uh, happen? Uh, my predictions world? happen next week with the embedded correspondence as we close out 2023. And I have some burners, so make sure that you catch the podcast or tune in live uh, for once in 2023. And uh, you can Joe hear. Flacco, Super Bowl champion? Of course. Of course. Yeah, okay. All let, right. me, let me ask you this. Let's, let's run down this rabbit hole for a second. Hold on. Let me... Make sure that my auto- software automation doesn't take us out of the show here before we have to. On the off chance, I mean, really, when you stop to think about it, the chances of getting into the playoffs, okay, I mean, we can talk about that. But getting to the Super Bowl, well, first of all, uh, for every win, now that he's been signed off the practice roster, he gets seventy-five grand for it, so that's nice. If he gets to the Super Bowl, it's $2 million. So he's very incentivized to do as well as he can. So let's run it down. What happens if the Browns make it to the freaking Super Bowl? They don't even have to win. They get to the Super Bowl. Who do you start at quarterback next year? 
<laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, mm-hmm. I think we, I think mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson has just shown to be the curse of the Browns. So uh, just get rid of him. You know, it's not working get out. Get rid of him. Like the guy's, po- the, the guy's poison. No. The guy's. Yeah. You can't get rid of him. He's got a fully guaranteed contract. I mean, if he's the, if he's a curse to the franchise, I mean, what? what Where are you hearing curse from the franchise? Nobody's talking about that up here. I, I mean, I think it's evident. Just look at it. Like the guy. I mean, come on. What, uh, what has he done for the franchise since he's been signed? He's been an albatross. That's all. Well, I certainly can't argue that he's very injured. Certainly can't argue that. But I think somehow, some way. If we get to the Super Bowl, the Browns will be embroiled in yet another quarterback controversy with a guy who I could simply say, look, holy shit, we caught lightning in a bottle. Sign him again, but as a backup. And Deshaun Watson's going to be our starting quarterback next year. But you know that people aren't as practical as me, Daniel. And it's going to be, no, Mm. Joe got us to the Super Bowl. He's found the second wind at 29 or 38 or however the hell old he is. And he's going to be, he should be the starting quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. It's going to be, it's going to be insane. This, and by the way, this is a year of injury unlike any year I've seen, not only for the Browns, but across the NFL. Quarterbacks are dropping like flies. 27% of our salary cap for the Cleveland Browns is on the shelf. That for the rest of the year, for crying out loud, so I can't even believe we're this competitive. But I do believe we have a quarterback controversy brewing if we get deep into the playoffs or even, or if by chance we got to the Super Bowl. And uh, I, I wouldn't mind having that controversy, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot like the, the Nick Foles situation in <laughs> Philadelphia, right? Takes him to the... Takes him to the Super Bowl, and then you know he's right back in in, in the reserve spot there. That's right. Uh, come the next season, but yeah, I, th- I think um, all of us need to be just as worried about Joel Batonio and uh, mm-hmm. how he might uh, be faring this injury here. Because without him, uh, you know, it's all about that offensive line, right? Do we have you signed up for quarterly segments in twenty twenty four? Uh, yeah, you said the check yes. was in the mail, right? That's right. Double okay. the amount. Of, Excellent. Double the amount in this year. So certainly happy to okay. to continue to. All, fund all the I require is fund. just. I, I just need one more. I just need a new ornament every year for the for the barbecue Christmas yeah. tree. All right, we'll make sure we do that. Uh, Daniel, always appreciate the time. Appreciate you coming on this year, and we will look for you in twenty twenty four. Have a great holiday and a great new year. Yes. Merry Christmas to you, and uh, yeah, great talking with you again. All right. Daniel Vaughn right there. I mean, what is going on with my split screen? I have no idea why it's pushed in so tight. It was bizarre. I thought his camera got off kilt, but when I pulled back out into a single shot, nope, he was right there where he should have been. So I'll have to figure that out. All right, we're going to wrap the show. When we come back, we've run over, but that's fine. Great conversation, as always. Yeah, all right, so stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Let's get back to a guy who has more experience giving you his opinion than he actually has cooking. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. I got caught with that damn overlay again. Idiot. How do I miss that? How can I not see me twice? We thank Daniel Vaughn for joining us for an extended last segment. TM, like Tom Mike. TMBBQ.com is his website, and you should be going there. Spend the money to sign up. He's got a great stuff. 
Ooh, I missed it, but I'm just seeing now 23 minutes ago. It looks like Bobby Rempe taking in the show as well, which we certainly appreciate. But I'm sure she didn't make it all the way through the interview segment, which is a shame because it was entertaining as hell. And a great way to close out the third week of December here. Before we go, want to wish everybody a safe Christmas, of course. I hope you get everything you want. I hope you're gifting everything you want. Know this. If you're around anybody that you like or you're able to get in contact with anybody, I offer you this piece of advice. If you can, make sure that you are thankful for the folks that are around you and that you are and have remained in contact with. Don't infect your life with nonsense. If you don't want to be around anybody, they're pulling you down. Do your best to break ties or limit contact. Only the positivity. Because at any moment, you could be delivered news or an accident could happen. And the most important people in your life can be taken away from you. And if you're not spending time in gratuitous situations, if you're not telling people how grateful you are for them regularly, you could be put in a spot where you won't be able to anymore. So my Christmas present to you is continuing the show, of course, through 2023 and for the foreseeable future, unless a huge paycheck comes my way to buy it because everything is for sale in my world. But to also be grateful and to recognize when you are amongst the most important people of your life and telling them that you appreciate it. And maybe they don't understand it as much as you do, but telling them that is really good for you. Trust me on this. And with that, we say good afternoon, good evening, and good night. All the way back in the first hour, we talked with uh, Joey Machado. Then we had Wes Wright from cookoutnews.com. Yes, indeedy. Second hour, Joe Martinez from Smoking Joe's Pit BBQ EP.com, who has said right here on this show mere moments ago that in the first quarter of 2024, he will have his own brick and mortar restaurant secured. You are now on the clock, Joe. Well done to put yourself on the clock. We close it out with Daniel Vaughn, Texas Monthly's Barbecue Editor, tmbbq.com. Tonight's poll ends this way. 83% of you are saying yes. You eat vegetables. 17% saying no. I eat vegetables. So how do I always leave you? September 11, 2001. I will never forget. I hope you have a great Christmas coming up on Monday. We will be back on Tuesday with a live show with the embedded correspondents and others. So until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, this is your program host and proud. Wait, did I say it? How do I always leave you? September 11, 2001. I will never forget. And until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, this is your program host, the proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now. Hi, this is Jeff Stone of Grandpa's Fried Barbecue from the Panhandle of Florida. And you are listening to the Barbecue Central Show.